listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Simeon came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, Simeon took Jesus into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The father and mother of Jesus were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The Gospel of the Lord. Good afternoon and welcome. I greet you with the greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you his peace. Amen. It's so nice to see all of you here, especially the religious sisters. Welcome. Little sisters of the poor. So your founder just had her feast day the other day, right? St. Jean Jagan, you got a prayer that day. Okay. Nice to see you here, sisters. Welcome. So my friends, here we are once again. It's just such a beautiful day. And it's such a gift to have Mass here somewhat in the open, huh? There's a breeze and the, yeah, it's just beautiful. Let's acknowledge the Lord and he surrounds us with beauty. Um, and you know, Franciscans, we love creation. So, okay, animals and trees and okay, <laughs> flowers, lots of flowers. Um, so my friends, on the first Saturday of every month, we have the special devotion that Mother Mary asked for at Fatima. It's a, a big part of the spirituality of this place. So on First Friday, it's devoted to Jesus' heart. We had Eucharistic adoration all night last night until 6 o'clock this morning. So the First Friday, we have the beautiful through-the-night adoration. It was just a beautiful time. And then on the first Saturday is this devotion that Mother Mary asked for at Fatima, and it has to do with getting to confession either eight days before or after. So if you don't make it today, it's okay. You have eight days before or after. So making a good confession, praying the rosary. Check, check. <laughs> 15 minutes of meditation. Uh, Mother Mary told Sister Lucia, keeping me company for 15 minutes, meditating on the other mysteries of the rosary. And then the receiving communion at Holy Mass. And all of this done in a spirit of a prayer known as the prayer of reparation, reparation for the offenses and blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart of Mary in particular. And so uh, every first Saturday, we have an opportunity to re-look at this devotion, to ask the Holy Spirit to take us deeper and to understand what is happening with this special first Saturday devotion. How could we understand it better so that we could go deeper into the mystery and so um, that's the goal of the, of the homily, okay? That's <laughs> what we're trying to do up here, okay. Um, so my friends, we have um, a beautiful prayer exhibit right now. About a two-minute walk that way, we have another chapel, a little stone chapel, which is a replica of Mother Mary's house. 
Not only that, it's also a relic. Two of the stones from Mother Mary's house are in our chapel. So it's a replica and a relic. And there's the beautiful rosary garden. And a little room next to there is a prayer exhibit room. And while you're here, make sure, please make sure you go down there and spend a minute to pray. The moment the prayer exhibit is a walk through the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's beautiful. It's like nighttime and you see all these moments where she suffered, yet she always held on to her faith. And then the final image is in the chapel, no longer in the nighttime, but now in the light of eternity, you see an image of the Holy Trinity crowning her as queen. It's really something beautiful. And uh, after the daily mass, I've been leading a guided meditation every day. So if you want to come back on a daily mass, we'll have time to do that. It's just something beautiful and kind of looking at these moments so today's gospel is one of those moments. I want to talk about the heart of Mother Mary, this reparation to the heart of Mother Mary. And she told the children at Fatima, my immaculate heart will be your refuge. God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph and there will be granted to the world a period of peace all of this talk about her heart. And so um, her heart, it's such, such a powerful image, the immaculate heart of Mary, the sacred heart of Jesus. And uh, Jesus once told a mystic, the immaculate heart was my gift to her. Think of all the graces God gave to her from the first moment of her conception. The immaculate heart was my gift to her. The sorrowful heart was her gift to me. Everything that she suffered, and she trusted in God, and she held fast to her faith. And uh, the Gospel of Luke, in particular, highlights for us the heart of Mother Mary. A number of times he tells us, Mother Mary pondered these things in her heart. So she had a pondering heart, a contemplative heart, a prayerful heart. She was thinking and praying about all the events that were unfolding before her eyes, her son Jesus, the Savior. And um, they bring the baby Jesus to the temple for this Jewish ceremony. And while they're there, there are two elderly people, you know, Simeon and Anna, and they were like prophets. They were holy, you know, praying. And there's this prophecy. The prophecy is what I read for us at the gospel here, where um, Simeon says that this child will be for the rise and fall of many. It's a reference to Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. You either choose for him or choose against him. You know, you think of that scene of the, the judgment at the end of time. Jesus tells us about that in Matthew 25, when everyone who ever lived will be before him. In You know, the sheep to the right, the goats to the left, right? Jesus is in the center. He is the dividing line. And uh, the rise or the fall, it, it has to do with Jesus, the one Savior, the one mediator between God and man, the only name we can call upon to be saved, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so this prophecy that this child will be the rise or the fall of many. And then the prophecy is extended further where he says to Mary a prophecy you yourself a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 
And the translation is, a, a, there's a few different translations. A sword will pierce you. A sword will pierce your soul is actually what it says there. But sometimes the, in Greek, the word soul can be translated heart. It's the same heart that Mother Mary says in her Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's what the prophecy is addressing, that there will be a sword piercing your heart. So sometimes in Catholic art, you'll see images of the sorrowful heart of Mother Mary and she either has one or seven swords in her heart. Have you seen that? And it has to do with an expression of this suffering. So as I was praying with that, I was asking Mother Mary, well, when, when did the sword pierce your heart? I mean, there's probably many moments when we could say, oh, there was, you know, I imagine Mother Mary's heart is like one of those little cloth tomatoes that you put all the push pins in, you know? that she was so holy and so sensitive that she, she felt so things so deeply, probably many moments of suffering. But this sword, it's a bit of a dramatic prophecy. And I believe that the sword pierced her heart, particularly when she was standing at the cross. And those are the prayers of this mass. The prayers of, uh, we have three masses, uh, Mary at the foot of the cross, the, the content of those prayers are just magnificent. And so let's think about this moment for just a second. When you go down to the prayer exhibit, you'll see an image of Jesus on the cross. And beneath the cross is John and Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary. And Mother Mary, is um, her bodily posture is almost as if she's crucified also. She's praying. It's this prayer position but as you see her like this and you see Jesus on the cross, you immediately recognize there's a unity here. And both Mother Mary and Jesus are looking to God the Father. And she's there united with her son, spiritually crucified with her crucified son. That's a quote from St. Pope John Paul II. And she's there praying. and She's suffering with Jesus. She's not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. But yet... At the cross of the Savior stood his mother, the new Eve with the new Adam at the new tree. And she's suffering. She's joining with, supporting Jesus in his great work of redemption, his offering of himself as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. And so she's there. Her heart was completely and totally united with Jesus. There were other people there saying things like, if you're the Savior, come down off that cross. You saved others, why can't you save yourself? Or maybe Mary Magdalene and John, why is this happening? God, please intervene, please help him. But Mother Mary alone stood there saying what she always said to God. Yes, yes, let it be done according to your word. She joined the yes that Jesus was praying on the cross. He offered his yes to the Father for the sake of the redemption. And she joined him, so united, that unity between those hearts. And so she's there suffering. And then our Lord Jesus dies. He dies. And we know the story. The sun was going down, and for the Jewish people... Once the sun goes down, it's the beginning of the new day. It was about to be Passover. They needed to bury the bodies quickly. And so they broke the legs of the good thief and the bad thief. 
But Jesus was already deceased. And so to confirm that he was indeed dead, the soldier pierced his side with a lance. And I believe that because Mother Mary's heart was so united with Jesus's heart, that this surely was the moment when she was, her heart was pierced with that sword, that she felt it. That's the mystery of compassion. If this is Jesus's passion, it's Mother Mary's compassion. That she felt that sword mystically in her own heart. And it's an interesting moment because Jesus is already deceased. So this wound in particular caused him no pain. But it was a confirmation that he was indeed dead. That he was truly deceased. And we know the story, right? Out of his heart, this pierced, open heart of God himself flows the blood and the water, the image of the divine mercy, the water of baptism, the blood of the Eucharist, a prayer image of the redemption. Mother Mary stood there, that sword piercing her heart. And I think one reason why it's important to pause and meditate on this moment today, on a first Saturday, is because if you think of this image, it becomes very clear that above any other person, Mother Mary understood the price that was paid to forgive sin. Above any other person who's ever lived, she understands the reality and the ugliness and the price that Jesus paid for our sin. And I believe that image surely connects to the spirituality of reparation to the Immaculate Heart. Prayers of reparation. We do prayers of reparation. We're not earning our salvation. Salvation, forgiveness of sin is offered freely. But it's as if our prayer of reparation is a prayer of gratitude, thanking Jesus for what he did for us. This supreme expression of God's love. If we ever had any doubts that God loved us, we look upon the cross and we doubt no more. And yet Mother Mary was a privileged witness to this mystery. And so Mother Mary understands better than anyone the damage that sin does and the mysterious ability that we as creatures can wound the heart of our Creator. And she knows the price that was paid, and so she's extremely sensitive to this reality. And I think that's why at Fatima she asked for this devotion, this prayer of reparation. What did the child Jesus once said to Sister Lucia? He appeared to her as a child and he said, won't you console the heart of my mother? A reparation is a consolation. In some way, uh, expression of thanksgiving and gratitude for the pain and the suffering that we all have some connection to. I think of the words of Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who once said, when you look upon a crucifix, you see your own autobiography written in his flesh because he nailed all of our sins to that wood that day. And yet in the shadow of that cross stood Mother Mary. And it was at that moment that Jesus decided to give her to us as a mother. 
And so I was praying over that. Why that moment? You know, when he could barely breathe or barely speak, the tortures of hanging on nails, every breath, every word was so painful and laborious. And yet Jesus chose that moment to give her to us as our mother. There were so many other moments when Jesus could have done that. I think of the ascension when he's ascending to the right hand of the Father. That would have been a perfect moment. He's definitively leaving her behind here on earth. At that moment, he could have said, "There, you know, behold your mother, behold your son. But no, he chose to, to grant us his last dying gift, that his mother would be our mother. It says in the, the document of Vatican II, our, our mother in the order of grace, our spiritual mother, that we were born to her, the labor pains were the pains of the cross. And so she cares and loves for each one of us so tenderly. And um, one, of the, one of the sins that we're offering reparation for are those who seek to take children away from her, away from her spiritual motherhood, away from knowing the tenderness of her care, those who blaspheme in that way. And so we have the ability to offer reparation, to offer consolation. This day, as we receive Jesus in communion with reverence, with gratitude, a response to the greatest love the world has ever known. With our own love. And you may feel inadequate. I know I do. (laughs) What does my little heart and my little feeble attempt at loving God really amount to? And there again is the great mystery of the redemption. I remember being on a retreat when I was a teenager and the priest said that Jesus would have died on the cross if you were the only one. It's like, what do you do with that? A God who is crazy (laughs) in love with each one of us. It's amazing. And when you encounter that love, what else could we do in response other than to return that love by loving him, by being devoted to him, by serving him? How beautiful. What a a beautiful gift God has given us to be here this day and to be able to offer this type of prayer that we have the ability to console the heart of God, to console the heart of God's mother and our mother, Mary. How beautiful. And so um, I'll conclude by just noting, I know this is a Fatima shrine, but there was another place where Mother Mary appeared in France called La Salette. Maybe you've heard of it. And when Mother Mary appeared in La Salette, there was a crucifix she was wearing. And on one side, there was a hammer. And on the other side, there was like pliers. And there were two visionaries, two little children, shepherds. And she told them that when we commit sin, it's like we're, the hammers, like we're nailing the nails in. And when we repent of our sin, and I would extend, offer prayers of reparation, it's like we're pulling the nails out. It's a very simple image, but it really speaks to the heart, huh? So my friends, this day, we're pulling those nails out. We're pulling that sword out of Mother Mary's heart. We console her by our prayers, by our devotions, by our love. And for that, we give thanks to God this day. Amen.
been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.